Hello, it is September 16th, 2021, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. I've been painting every fence I know, every color bleeds into the same, cause before you go and walk away, yeah, you better know where you're Scott, first things first, I want to apologize for the, the lack of a Tuesday show this week. This is so early in the season. I know it's only week two. I didn't have a Tuesday show. Usually I don't start slacking till at least November, but it's just been a really, really rough week. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great. Uh, you, you know, you don't have to apologize to me about not having a week two show. I wasn't even here for the week one show. Uh, I'm still recovering, getting back on Houston time. So I completely understand, you know, sometimes uh, life, uh, life finds a way to interrupt your podcast show. Yeah, for sure. I, I am fresh off a colonoscopy. Um, that was my first one ever. So I hadn't eaten for since Tuesday night uh, and, and I just got done with my with my first meal out of prison there if you had to go one place after not eating for 48 hours where do you think you'd go um you know it, it depends on like uh, for the city to me too so if you're in Houston I, I need I need some really good tacos I feel like tacos I need I- yeah, I want some good Mexican food. Maybe like if it's maybe street taco style, or maybe or like some really good enchiladas and rice and beans or something. Yeah, I, th- I think I made a mistake. I, I think I I really think I made a mistake. But uh, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where I could absolutely gorge myself. Something that was also good for the kids. So we went to CC's. We picked CC's. Uh, rated their pizza there, but I felt absolutely miserable again. I felt great coming out of the colonoscopy. <laughs> you know, a little loopy on those little drugs there. Uh, went to the went to CC's, stuffed my face full of those cinnamon rolls, and, you know, multiple different kinds of pizza. Leaving there like, oh man, maybe I need another nap. Maybe I need another colonoscopy. Who knows? Um, well, probably good to clear things out of your system. You know, twenty oh, years yeah. to talk about. Yep, absolutely. T sevens, baby. I, and that was another that was another option high on the list, Taco Bell. But I figured, uh, you know, Taco Bell is going to be in my future. I probably won't have CCs for another few years. Uh, anyway, let's talk about football. Let's talk about Week One. Okay, we didn't get to really talk about Week One on on Tuesday, so let's talk about Week One. Let's recap Week One real quick. Here's what we're going to do: give me one fantasy team that surprised you in Week One, and one NFL team. That surprised you in week one positively. Then give me one fancy team in our league that disappointed you. And one NFL team that disappointed you in week one. Tell me what you got. So first, a fantasy team that really surprised me, and I think this one's pretty easy, is is you, Mr. Sex Raptor. Really? I mean, I don't think 
I mean, I definitely didn't see the five touchdown Jameis Winston game coming. And I, I, I obviously the, the Green Bay Packers didn't. And while dad put up a valiant, valiant Monday night effort to come back and almost beat you uh, with Tyson Will- Williams, uh, you, you edged it out. And I don't, after what everybody was calling, you know, the worst team, if not one of the worst teams after the draft, you've scrapped together a very formidable team for, for what it seems like. And if James Winston, you know, he, with the, between the combination of LASIK, Sean Payton and Green Bay Packers, not knowing how to run defense, they, he could be pretty, uh, pretty scary uh, quarterback moving forward. So yeah, that's my surprise. That's, that's my surprising fantasy team of the week. Yeah. I, I didn't, you got to understand the, the rest of my team just didn't, play very up to par they i thought the falcons would play a lot better uh james is surprised i don't expect that to happen every week but but yeah no i it was surprising to myself as well but go it, ahead it wasn't all though the rest of, the rest of your team uh, showed up you know you didn't really have any uh, goose eggs everybody yeah. put up a decent amount of numbers uh decent amount of points i mean um the nfl team that surprised me this this week was uh philadelphia Philadelphia really came out, and uh, I, I wasn't big on Hurts before this, but uh, between their offensive line and their defensive line and Hurts' play of just being calm and collected and, and running the playbook as, as he wanted, they they look like a team that's going to be a, a tough team to play, and I would say at least a, a wild card team, if not more, because of their how weak their division kind of is. So, uh, granted, they're, they played against Atlanta, which their defense is – a cakewalk for any real NFL team. So I'm hoping it's more, I think it's more that Philadelphia is good than it is that Atlanta's terrible, but uh, they they really surprised me. Yeah, no, I, I, that's actually my, my team that surprised my NFL team that surprised me too. Uh, Looking at Jalen Hurts coming into the year, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, they bring in Minshew, they, they bring in a formidable backup. Uh, there's some talks of Deshaun Watson coming in. All these things that kind of hurt Jalen Hurts' value. He kind of drops in our draft a little bit uh, to the second round. Uh, gets gets snagged up and absolutely destroyed that uh, Atlanta defense, which it's not a great defense, but uh, he looked really good. He looked like he had a good connection with uh, Devontae Smith. Did you see that Devontae Smith, his first touchdown, was in the exact same touchdown where he won the national championship? The exact same spot he won the national championship yeah. that game winning touchdown. Um, that was pretty special, but I feel I like that's no, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, so that I totally agree with the with the Eagles that I uh put in a lot of bets actually last Sunday on the Falcons, thinking the Falcons will come out and have addition by subtraction, losing uh the Julio Jones. So they can pick up uh, Calvin Ridley and Mike Davis, changing that offense just a little bit, maybe take the pressure off Matt Ryan and run the ball a little bit more. And that Philadelphia D-line was just unstoppable, just running over the guards on the inside. So Mike Davis couldn't really uh, gain any ground there. And Matt Ryan was on his heels all day long. He didn't make the mistakes that Matt Ryan usually makes. So we can give him that kind of credit, but they couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, when if you're watching the Red Zone channel on Sunday, you, you saw some Falcons right off the beginning. They had a nice drive with Ridley in the beginning, uh, got a, kicked a field goal. You didn't see the fa- Falcons disappeared 
after the first 30 seconds of the first quarter. Uh, you didn't even see him on the red zone channel, didn't even sniff uh, the red zone. So uh, I agree. Eagles really, really surprised us. All right, give me that team that uh, that that fantasy team that just disappointed you. You, you didn't like to see uh, their performance week week one. And and now for this disappointment for me, it wasn't necessarily that it was so disappointing, but it's it could be possibly that I had such high hopes, and that's in Camacho this week because nobody could have com- uh, predicted Aaron Rodgers' just face plant uh, of a of a game. So, I mean, because between Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott as two starting quarterbacks, I was thinking, you know, that's that might be close to 100 points right there. But Aaron Rodgers obviously had the, you know, one of the worst games of his career. So it just, I mean, it didn't help that he went up against the highest scoring team in the, in the league. So there probably wasn't going to be much that he could have done. But the rest of his team was fair, was formidable and showed up. So it's not a huge disappointment it's just when we were all talking about you know we've never seen this strong of a quarterback duo uh you know d- they didn't really live up to the hype yeah okay i it, and i can i can totally understand that how about an nfl team at this point do you wow was i really disappointed in how bad the freaking uh tennessee titans look this week Ugh. that was i mean just absolutely terrible i mean to allow the same player to get five sacks in the same game just is it, it's a lack of effort and uh, vision. And it, it almost it, like, it almost feels like they're like trying to throw the game to not make an adjustment in the game at all ever that it's, it's almost like they were trying to lose. And I, I understand that they have a new offensive coordinator, but they still have a lot of the same pieces and players from last year. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have it's not like you're not reinventing the wheel here you give the ball to Derrick Henry and then you do a play action every once in a while like it's uh, it was very surprising to see how bad they were and that they weren't even in the game like I, I'm I'm not disappointed in the uh, Titans defense it's their offense that I just is baffling how bad they were yeah absolutely uh, the team that I was most disappointed in uh, week one, and, and I'll go backwards here. The, the the fantasy team that I was most disappointed in in uh, week one was the professor. Uh, you know, I, I thought that that was definitely the heavyweight match of the week, and you know, both of them didn't really put up the points that we thought they would. Uh, you know, one seventy nine for eternal touchdown isn't mind blowing. Okay, there, there was a day where. 150 was about the average. Okay. This was prior to a lot of offensive adjustments that we had made and, and some other things. And prior to offense being the way it is now, I mean, their team, James Winston threw five touchdowns. Um, so anything can happen. But 150 used to be the average. I feel like the average has kind of upped itself to about 175. So when you see Eternal Touchdown, who we ranked heads and shoulders above everybody else week one, come out and put 179 up, I think before the week started, the professor would have been like, hey, that's great. I can beat that. Uh, especially with Tom Brady putting up 36.95 on Thursday. Now, comes out, and in like the first few seconds, first quarter of uh, this this the, the noon games on Sunday, 
DeAndre Hopkins goes out and scores a touchdown. Looks great. I mean, the professor looks like he could be the team to beat this year in that first quarter. Just absolutely insane. Uh, the rest of his team just kind of shit a brick after that. Um, the defense that we thought would be like one of the worst defenses in the in our fantasy league really showed that they were the worst one of the worst defenses in the fantasy league. Uh, did him no favors on that end. Mike Kosecki, no catches, caught a touch or uh, had one tackle. Uh, Green Bay as a whole, not just uh, Aaron Jones, Green Bay as a whole was just awful. Uh, Damian Harris lost a game-winning fumble. Otherwise looked you know, pretty productive on the ground. But that is just disappointing to me to see him come out and, and flop by not only, you know, by 14 points, which is not that, it's not that small uh, in, in comparison to, to other years. So he, he really disappointed me week one. Uh, the NFL team that really disappointed me was Buffalo. And I, I know you watched this game. Uh, is the Steelers defense really that good? I mean, we're talking about arguably either one or two uh, offense last year was Josh Allen and the Bills. I mean, they could spread it out. It's really hard to stop. They came out and they looked flat. They looked like they couldn't move the ball down the field. There's a lot of drop passes. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think that team just really, really underwhelmed. Or maybe, maybe, and you tell me, is Pittsburgh's defense just that good that they shut them down for the whole game? Because Pittsburgh's offense didn't look good at all uh, for most of that game. They showed up, uh, you know, later in the second half, but uh, it, it looked like a defensive throwdown from, for the most part, for most of that game. Um. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what you think. Is it is it Pittsburgh's defense? I, I just think it's it's a combination of Pittsburgh's defense, the uh, the location, which yes, they're playing at home, but it's a windy place to throw the football, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's it's week one. I like it, it's it's kind of those one of those. I, I wouldn't be panicking on the Bills right now. They just have like sometimes it takes offenses a couple weeks to get going, and they just happen to hit a brick wall on week one and you know, next week they're probably not going to play such a tough defense, but you know, it's, I don't think there's any reason to worry about the bills in general or the fact that they came out flat. I just think that they were up 10, nothing at half and at halftime they went in and drank some Gatorade and patted themselves on the back for a minute while the Steelers went to work and they came yep. back and they won the second half. And, and that, that was, that was the, you know, it was tale of two halves, but you know, it's the second half that really matters. And I don't like, like I said, I wouldn't worry about Josh Allen, the bills. I think they'll still be plenty good and have put up plenty of points this season. Uh, and as long as Cole Beasley can, you know, stay healthy and catch a few more balls, but it wasn't really a matter of like, they were that far off. It was a few plays here and there in the game. I think the score w- was probably closer in most of the game than it really came off to. They really they went for it on fourth down multiple times. That honestly was just bad coaching. It was just bad Madden IQ is all it was because they have a good kicker and they could have put points up on the board when the Steelers had the same opportunities closer to the red zone on a fourth and two, fourth and three situation. And they, they decided to kick uh, kick the field goal because that's why you have a kicker. If you were going to get the first down, you would have done it on the first three downs. You know, if you need a fourth down to do it, guess what? You don't get that fucking choice. So it's the same thing like when I was watching the Browns and Chiefs game. The Browns immediately on the first drive start going for it on fourth down. Yeah, they got it and they got the they got the touchdown. Whoop de do. 
But basically what you told the other team is you're that fucking scared of them that you better go for it on fourth down or else you're going to lose. So whether you got it or not, it's a, it's a bad mentality put to instill into the, into your team and the other one that we better go for it on fourth down or else, you know, our defense is crap and they, they'll never, they'll never stop you. And it's like, yeah. wow, that's the first drive. That's not really a mentality you want to start game with, but you know, it's different as uh, coaching styles. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely agree there. That's some good insight. Uh, let me give you uh, my, my positives from week one. So the fantasy team that I thought did really, really well was Fupa Slayer. Um, Fupa Slayer was somebody that I, you know, me and Max had talked about golf and how I thought he was probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And he had to, you know, get out of uh, that funk, came out there and did exactly what Max said. I mean, he's going to be throwing a ton and he didn't look terrible throwing from that position, uh, you know, bordering it out, if you will. Uh, the rest of the Foop Slayer came out and, and played pretty well in, in, in week one. Uh, surprisingly had a, had a decent defense. Tyreek Hill played Tyreek Hill football. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean, solid across the board, a great pickup on Thursday, uh, for that was Carlton Davis. Third, uh, manufactured a win by, by 16 points over Notorious. So it's something that he's going to have to do multiple times this year to compete for a playoff spot, you know, and that's understandable, but he did a great job week one. And that, that was, uh, definitely surprising to me. Uh, one of the teams that, uh, that I really liked from week one was, uh, the dolphins dolphins came out, uh, against new England. And I thought new England with their, with that offensive setup they had was going to just kind of rule the roost. Uh, I, I really liked Mac Jones. I mean, I, I know you, I've given you offers for Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones is a, is a solid you know, pick up for you, solid draft pick for you. Uh, and I thought that the, the Dolphins would be totally outmatched. Uh, they came out and played good football. They controlled the clock very well. I, I attributed that to a lot to their coaching. Um, and they played really, really good defense. Xavier and Howard coming in and knocking out that game-winning fumble. Dolphins look good. Uh, they're one of those teams that if I have a player playing against Miami and I have a choice to play him or not, I probably won't. I would say that this is definitely a top-10 defense judging by week one and, and uh, definitely move on from there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I really like the dolphins. Um, the, the, did I already give you the, the fancy team that disappointed me? Uh, yes. The and professor. That's right. The professor. Sorry. Sorry. I, I didn't want to mention you twice professor. Well, anyway, You're I, really disappointed in him. I, I, I am. I am. I, I, clear. Yeah, you just you know that's one of those teams where I thought would be really good. I ranked, I had him ranked, uh, you know, behind Clay, but I thought he put up a good, uh, uh, maybe an upset. Um, it's the game. first week. A lot, a lot of crazy things happen the first week. You know, sure. it's uh, yeah. You ever seen like every year? You know, there are teams in, in, in the NFL, especially that look great for the first five weeks, mm-hmm. and then after that every team's got five weeks of film of their offense and they figure them out and that's it. You know, it's, it, you, you got to figure out who there's good teams and there's great teams. So, and the same thing happens in fantasy. So it's just a shorter season in fantasy because you got about four weeks and then uh, you better figure out if you're in the playoffs or not. Yep. Yep. I, I can, uh, I can understand you there. All right. Let's get into these matchups this week. Um, 
we can start out with the ones that, you know, maybe uh, a little bit on the weaker side, you know, maybe, I, maybe these teams can prove me wrong. Okay. Like you said, it's week one, uh, but we'll go dad versus unicycle polar bears. Tell me who do you think is going to win this and why? And remember, before so, you go, before you go, spreads. We have spreads this week. Want to make it a little bit tough. I know you were a little bit disappointed in this, but we have spreads. Uh, we don't want everybody picking the same team. So give me your 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 pick with the spread. Well, what's the spread? I don't have the spreads in front of me. Well, uh, Dad me minus three versus Unicycle Polar Bears plus three. Wow. Um, uh, then, I mean, I was taking... Unicycle polar bears straight up, um, but I'll definitely take the points because while talent-wise, they look almost similar to me because Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones should have a lot more upside, but they both have question marks in health and being able to hold on to the football um, compared to Terod Taylor, who's, I mean, he's the Texans were very close to being my team my very my surprise NFL team for week one but other than the fact that I we live here in Houston I listen to a lot of Houston you know uh, Texans radio and stuff and so it's like I was kind of thinking they were going to do well anyways so it wasn't as big a surprise to me uh and uh Heineke who's not that bad either so but the thing is talent wise fairly even but dad has a lot of bad matchups all over the board uh, at Chicago, at Washington, uh, versus New Orleans, versus Denver, um, at Tampa Bay. There's there's a lot of really bad matchups for a lot of his key players and McCaffrey, both of his quarterbacks, his his better wide receivers. Uh, so that I just feel everything is swaying in unicycle polar bears uh, direction uh, for uh, Toronto Taylor to have a good game, uh, Stefan Diggs to have a decent game, AJ Brown to have a decent game, uh, Dalvin Cook even bounced back after the last week. I I think it's going to be close, but I'm I'm leaning unicycle polar bears. Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, starting with Daniel Jones tonight. I think Daniel. I think Washington. Trust me, Washington has great defense, and I feel like that's why you know a lot of people took my bet uh, on the. I took the Giants plus three and a half. I think Daniel Jones is definitely a better quarterback. We haven't seen much of Taylor Heineke, um, but I, I really honestly think that Daniel Jones is the better quarterback. It's going to give Brad a head start tonight. It's going to give Dad the head start. Good question. Do you, yeah. do you know who Daniel Jones' backup is? <laughs> uh, I actually I haven't. Looked it up. Oh, it's Mike Glennon. Uh, Mike yeah, Glennon. I'll be, I'll be watching the game with my finger on the ad button. Listen, if if Daniel Jones is the quarterback for the New York Giants this year, then this is a lost year for the Giants. They're going to play Daniel Jones until the, he he runs into the ground until he's a piece of dust. They're not going to well, play Mike like, Glennon. He's playing a very 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 strong defensive front tonight, yeah. and I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of. Uh, you know, turf in the helmet replacement style for him tonight. Yeah, absolutely right. And and do you think Tannehill Jones played terrible last week? I mean, obviously he had the game losing fumble. Uh, got sacked twice. <laughs> so, no. like, we're gonna start off with that. It, do you, but do you think it's terrible? Okay, okay, but I mean, the, uh, but the I, thing I, is, the amount of turnovers he's had in his time, like any other player would have been benched, like. 20 turnovers ago. Sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're talking about fancy here, though, and he scored 24 points last week. 
Okay, which is pretty decent for him. Okay, so Daniel Jones can hit the ground. He can throw picks. He can do all that stuff. But he can move on the ground, and he can he complete the ball down the field. He's not helpless. Okay, there are quarterbacks in the NFL who are helpless. Who it's like if you have to say he's not helpless, he's helpless. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, Daniel Jones will make the mistake here and there, but he also can score some points. He's the kind of guy that can come out and put 30 on you. Not saying he's going to come out and put 30 on Washington tonight, but he can. It's possible. So I I, I like him in that matchup. Um, also playing for Brad is this Carolina-New Orleans game. Okay, What we saw in New Orleans defense, I don't think is representative of what we're going to see New Orleans defense be for the rest of the year. I think that that game against Green Bay is just something that just happened, came out of the blue. Okay, it happens, whatever. Um, but I, I really do like uh, Christian McCaffrey going up against that New Orleans defense. I like that whole matchup, that whole game. Uh, I, I really think he should play Sterling Shepard over Jarvis Landry tonight. I know Jarvis Landry is going into Houston, who has a susceptible uh, pass defense. But if it was me, I'm playing Sterling Shepard uh, against this Washington secondary. Jarvis Landry is going to be the guy to cover up. They know there's no OBJ. Uh, and so Jarvis Landry is going to be the one guy that they, they watch on that pass offense. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, you know, Brad's defense, again, home run hitters. They got to come out and play. He's got a lot going on tonight. Chase Young, Cameron Curl, Xavier McKinney, all these guys have to show up tonight or he's behind the eight ball. I think they do. I think this is quite the defensive matchup. If I had taken over and under, I would definitely uh, take – the under for this game. I think it's going to be a kind of a low scoring game on the other side, new cycle polar bears. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, great week last week. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but again, is this something we'll see out of Houston for the whole year? Are we going to see Davis mills somewhere down the road? Uh, you know, uh, he's still starting Singletary against a defense that I just talked about Miami defense. Tim Patrick's coming in to fill in for the hurt Jerry Judy. We don't know really what we're going to see out of that. I know we saw some Teddy Bridgewater magic last week, but we don't know how long that's going to last. Taylor Heineke just talked about it. I like the Giants defense tonight. I think he's going to make some mistakes. Uh, the point of both teams is going to be limit the mistakes, and I think Giants win that battle, which is why I picked him. Uh, I would actually play Zach Wilson over Taylor Heineke tonight. He ch- he's going to choose... Uh, not to. He's going to play Tyler Heineke. Um, as far as his defense is concerned, he kind of rides himself on his defense here. I just don't see a lot uh, to overcome the the uh, his his offensive struggles. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and take Brad in this one by three. I think he actually probably wins by ten. Brad seems uh, I, not I bad. Would defend, I would defend the Heineke over Zach Wilson. Uh, never start a rookie quarterback against Belichick unless you have to. And Heineke on a short week with no film on him is primed to have a good game because, like I said, no film on a quarterback is a hard thing to do unless you're a rookie going against Belichick. So right. I, I, I support that decision. There's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. I can, I, can, I can go with that, but I'm still going dad. All right. Let's move on to the next uh, matchup here. Disco Lemonade versus the Maestro. Who you got? So right now, I you know, I feel like this should be a closer matchup, but the Maestro is kind of in a holding pattern waiting for Justin Field to take the and take the field to take the field. 
Um, because until then, he's got to start Andy Dalton. And looking at Stafford and Garoppolo versus Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton, you kind of are already leaning to Disco Lemonade right away on that. Um, right. You know, I think that Maestro has great wide receivers and Adam Thielen, Devontae Smith, and Devontae Parker, but Disco Lemonade's backing up with Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, and, uh, and Williams. It's just... It's leaning everything's leader bit towards Cisco Lemonade to me. And then you have Alvin Kamara and Antonio Gibson, in which I would normally love Derrick Henry, but apparently with their uh, fall flat on their face offense last week, I don't know what to expect out of them because it was really came down to the fact that their play calling was just very unimaginative and very, and, and, and very predictable. Uh, and then Ezekiel Elliott, which from what we saw in the first game, at least, is kind of an afterthought to Dak Prescott because every time he gets the football, he wants to throw it downfield. So it's it's not looking great for my store right now. And I'm also just seeing a lot of great names on Disco Lemonade, like Darren Waller is obviously Derek Carr's favorite target every single play. He is his first, second, third, and fourth read before getting sacked. So it's really – Playing into Disco Lemonade's favor, and he's he's my pick this week. I, I think. All right, before I do this, I'm sorry, I'm not used to these spreads. It's Disco Lemonade oh, minus yeah, seven. Oh yeah, I forgot to ask about the spread. Disco bad, Lemonade yeah. minus seven. Oh yeah, I'll take it. I think he wins by twelve. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you here. I, I like Neil's team. I think Neil's team came out and showed up uh, when Maestro drafted into this Dalton uh, Fields. He is just sitting there begging. I'm sure when he does his prayer tonight, uh, before he goes to bed, it's definitely, please just let Justin Fields start. I don't know why he's not. I like the matchups. Well, to be fair, to be yeah. fair, I mean, like, Disco Eliminate's technically in the same spot with Garoppolo and Trey Lance, but luckily for Disco Eliminate, Garoppolo still can put up 20 or 30 points, whereas Dalton and Fields, it's like, Dalton, you know, you're happy that he's not negative, basically. Right. No, I yeah, I can definitely agree with that. But, but the thing is, uh, yeah, the the Dalton thing. I, I feel like Trey or uh, Justin Fields. It, th- this is not an even matchup, and th- it's weird that the both these teams are playing because these are the only two situations like this in the league. But I, I feel like the Garoppolo thing. Garoppolo can hold on to this job a little bit longer. I feel like, and I feel like Trey Lance is going to be the best quarterback overall or better quarterback overall between him and Fields. But Garoppolo can hold on to this job a little longer. I wouldn't be surprised to see Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Shanahan-type offense, weird things going on all the way up until like week seven or eight. Um, you know, Or as long as the, the 49ers keep winning, which they, they did last week uh, pretty handily against, against the Lions. The, the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, this team needs to win games. If they do not win games, their coach gets fired. GM gets fired. I mean, we're, we're talking about a whole dismantling of this front office and coaching staff. Uh, you might see Andy Dalton. I didn't think he get he played the whole game last week. I think certainly uh, it would be embarrassing if he got yanked against his old team, but it's definitely, definitely possible. Um, I don't think that Maestro's running backs play nearly as bad as they did last week. I mean, these are two of the best running backs in the league. Uh, but, and, and I do like, uh, the matchups on the maestro side. I just think that over here on the other side, the, uh, uh, disco laminates team is just, it is that much better. Um, 
now that I look at it, though, I, I the seven points. I mean, this is why we do it. And so I'm, I think that Maestro can at least cover those seven points. I know right now he's he's uh, got a 16-point gap, but these matchups are just so juicy. Henry against Seattle on the road. Uh, Elliot against the, the, the Chargers on the road. Uh, against Houston, Mayfield against Houston, and Dalton against his old team. I mean, come on. Some of these guys got to score some points. I'll take Maestro this week to, to cover the spread. Not, not exactly to win, but to at least cover the spread. Okay. Let's go to our third matchup, Eternal Touchdown versus the Rumham. What do you got? I think this is swaying an Eternal Touchdown the more and more I look oh, at oh, it. Spread, spread, 11 and a half. 11 and a half. Wow, wow. I guess you don't take projections into account at all, do you? Uh, I, Yahoo doesn't uh, really excite me, no. Oh, they, they don't They don't blow your skirt up? They, they don't do it for you, do they? They don't do it for me, no, sir. Oh, that, that's a shame. I, I will say, having, uh, you know, courted other mistresses in ESPN fantasy and NFL fantasy, uh, this is by far the most of any uh, fantasy football uh, website that's going to blow your skirt up the rest of them are pure garbage oh you uh, dog but i will uh, i will come back to the matchup and that eternal touchdown is going to run away with uh even with the 11 point spread i think justin herbert versus dallas and russell wilson versus tennessee is going to be a firework show and the fact that he's got it stacked with keen Allen, dk metcalf is just going to be money he's going to be giggling uncontrollably all day watching those stacks just give him points after points after points and as and looking at the other side of rumham with uh, jalen hurts and trevor lawrence who are both very talented but jalen hurts is going to be dealing with san francisco and trevor lawrence is going to be dealing with denver which will be a much tougher defense than he dealt with in tech versus the texans which he already threw three picks in which he still put up some nice garbage time points for but Denver's defense is a lot more punishing, so I think he's going to have a long day there. Uh, going down the list uh, for Rumham, though, with Robert Woods and, and Scary Terry, uh, I think Scary Terry's still going to have a little bit of time growing pains with Heineke, and Robert Woods will have a decent day, but not enough to help uh, bring Rumham back to life here. And Mike Evans is great, great wide receiver, but he's so... Uh, touchdown dependent and there's just so much talent around him he might be good he might not be you never know and uh, as much as i love Najee harris with with pittsburgh and who's he's going to play every single down the offensive line still has some time to getting their timing off to snapping off the ball and that's just the thing that comes with time and repetition so i'm looking at miles sanders and melvin gordon after they had great weeks in the first week and they'll probably keep going with that i think it's enough for a total touchdown to steal the day, and he's got a solid defense to follow it up. I think he's going to have the kind of week that uh, most people expected him to have the first week. Okay. So you're, you're going to take uh, take eternal touchdown minus 11 and a half? I will. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. And it just sucks because we were talking about Jalen Hurts, how good he is, but now he has to come out against San Francisco. Uh, Tre- Trevor Lawrence against Denver, who is just that much better on defense than the Texans. Uh, this team is spread out pretty well. I, I like the way Trevor drafts his team. I mean, it's not awful. It's just, I just don't see how he beats this team on the other side. Uh, Melvin Gordon looked like um, the Melvin Gordon I've never seen last week. There was one of his runs where I'm like, is that 
is that Melvin Gordon? Dear Lord. Uh, he ran up that sideline. He was quick, man. He, he had some burst in him. And I think against Jacksonville, he could run all over him. Uh, I took him in daily last week. I was glad I did. I, I, I would take him again this week. Uh, Herbert against Dallas. I mean, Dallas looked like they were one of the worst uh, passing defenses in the league. Hence the 25.59 uh, projection that we got going on here. Uh, it just goes on and on. Keenan Allen, uh, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. It's just going to be hard to overcome. Uh, you know, I can say if one of these uh, matchups, the Herbert to Allen or Wilson to Metcalf doesn't really play out the way that they want he, uh, that Clay wants it, then maybe he can get within that 11 and a half. I just don't see uh, Rumham winning. I'm going to take uh, eternal touchdown minus 11 and a half, just like you will lock that one in. Uh, let's, let's keep going here. Fupa Slayer versus the professor. Tell me, uh, tell me your prediction on this one. Is there a spread? There is a spread. I apologize. I'm, I'm again. Right, because this one's pretty even to me. I, I'll, I'll say so that. So it's Foop Slayer minus five. Minus five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Foop Slayer Fair. minus five. Okay. Okay. Because I, I'm, I'm leaning Foop Slayer. I'm picking Foop Slayer. So I understand that uh, he should uh, be favored. Um, it's really, I mean, a lot of it's pretty even though, because while he has uh, Josh Allen and Jared Goff, both. Uh, both great quarterbacks, Josh Allen's at Miami, another tough defense he's got to play against. Uh, but Jared Goff's at Green Bay, which is Swiss cheese, obviously. Um, but then you got Professor Tom uh, Tom Brady versus Atlanta, which he obviously loves to carve up all day, whether it's a Super Bowl or regular season. And he's but then he's got Kirk Cousins at Arizona, who obviously can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and turn the ball over. So. Uh, it, it can be pretty even. It could sway one one way or the other, depending on if quarterback uh, how well a quarterback plays versus these tough defenses. And you know, you got Fupa Slayer with Tyree Kill, but then you got Professor answering right back with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm leaning Fupa Slayer just because uh, I, I think that he's got a few more playmakers on him, and just the way that they showed up week one between uh, Chenault and Chase Edmonds, Jonathan Taylor and George Kittle. Uh, versus Aaron Jones, Allen Robinson, Kareem Hunt, Noah Fant, th- uh, those kind of players. I'm just keep leaning towards Fupa Slayer. To call it a gut call, but uh, I'm I'm going to take Fupa Slayer minus five. Okay, uh, I'm disagree with you. I, you know, I made these spreads, so you can say you know whether it's, it's right or wrong because it makes me question it. Right, right, right. Um, you know, I I liked the Tom Brady uh, Atlanta matchup. I really like that one. Um, but the Kirk Cousins that I saw last week against an Arizona team that just absolutely dismantled uh, Tennessee just kind of scares me. And that's a big part of his team is the Cousins-Jefferson thing. Uh, you know, that game is is pretty huge for him. Obviously, he has Hopkins as well. Um, I'm afraid of Green Bay. I am super scared of Green Bay. I take Green Bay with whatever spread they're going to throw out on Monday night. So Aaron Jones... I feel like is going to explode against that team. Kareem Hunt has a pretty good matchup there. On the other side, I just talked about how Miami and Josh Allen, uh, it's a scary uh, defense, and he's going on the road against them. Uh, Hopefully, Josh Allen can snap out of what we saw last week in Pittsburgh and come out and play some better football. 
Um, but if not, that 28.36 projection is going to be hard to meet. I said I was proud of Hoopa Slayer. I said he surprised me. Uh, I, I don't know if Rondell Moore and, and LaVisca Chenault can keep surprising me week after week after week. Jonathan Taylor facing a formidable defense in the Rams. Uh, you know, as far as defense battle, I, I got to give it to uh, Foopslayer real easy. I think he's got a big advantage. I just think on the other side, the Tom Brady, Aaron Jones combination there with Kareem Hunt really, really, really solidifies it. I mean, we could see anywhere from uh, 60 to 70 points out of those three guys. I'm going to take uh, Professor plus five you know my my most disappointed the person i was most disappointed and the person i was most proud of playing each other head to head uh i'm I'm rooting for you professor all right the game of the week there is no spread on this game which is why it's the game of the week last man standing versus notorious they're even let me tell me what you think it's, this is, and I agree that this should be even and that it is the game of the week because there's so many great matchups in this. I, I think, you know, Kyler Murray uh, versus Minnesota should be plenty of points. I think Lamar Jackson versus Kansas City would be to match it on the other on the other side is plenty of points. And at the same time, their second quarterbacks and Matt Ryan at Tampa Bay and Ryan Tannehill at Seattle face the same similar like challenges of, you know, hopefully not being terrible while also playing a formidable defense. So it is very even going all into their wide receivers, last man standing, having Devonte Adams, Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk versus notorious as AJ Brown, uh, Jacoby Myers and Daryl Mooney, Darnell Mooney. I'm leaning last man standing right there, right there with the wide receivers, both very solid. I'm leaning last man standing. You go to the running backs of Josh Jacobs and Daryl Henderson Jr. versus uh, Joe Mixon and, uh, and Daryl Swift. It's, yes, technically Notorious' running backs are a little more talented. It's just a matter of they're not very dependable. And if that's where you're depending on winning this week, I'm still leaning last man standing. Uh, I like Rob Gronkowski over Mark Andrews and their tight ends. It's very close matchup, very high scoring. I'm taking last man standing. I'm going to agree with you. Um, you know, I made this even because I think these two teams are are, are pretty evenly matched this week. Uh, you know, I think that both Matt Ryan and Tannehill are going to have bounce back weeks. We'll see how much they bounce back, but I really do think they're going to have bounce back weeks. Uh, I think one of the kickers here is, is, does Jacobs come out and play? And if he doesn't, then uh, we're going to see a lot of Kenyon Drake over there in uh, against Pittsburgh, which isn't really that great of a matchup anyway. Kyler Murray looks so good last week. I, I just I can't see him being outscored by Lamar Jackson, even against Kansas City, which could should be a, a you know pretty decently high-scoring game. There's just so many question marks that they're receiving crew on Notorious. Jacoby Myers, Darnell Mooney, while they were good sleeper picks, you're starting them in two, three spot. Uh, on your on your offense. We're talking about the number two receiver for a New England team that only put up 16 points last week and Darnell Mooney, who is the number two receiver on this Bears team who has is in flux on wh- who, what kind of offense they're putting together. Is it going to be an offense that airs it out or is it going to be an offense that kind of runs it on the ground? 
you know, I guess we'll have to see. Swift is one of those where it's just like, I have no idea what you're going to do uh, on a week-to-week basis. He had a pretty good week last week, but it, he's a big question mark for me going forward. Uh, as far as the defense, I think uh, last man standing has wins the defensive battle over here. Uh, I like Cunningham and Smith. I, I told you I was worried about them moving uh, from middle linebacker to outside last week. Cunningham got some work. I know Jalen Smith's uh, projected points has kind of reflected him going outside and Michael Parsons going inside. Disappointing, but I still think that he is a formidable asset uh, on on defense. Uh, as far as defensive backs, Jeremy Chen, Poyer, and Logan Ryan going tonight are all very good. And while Buda Baker's on the other side, I still think that balance and that the the, uh, the continuity of all three of those defensive backs is much better than what Notorious has on the other side. Uh, I, I'm going to take last man standing. I, I, I'm not 100% confident on this. I don't think that he's going to destroy him, but I am taking last man standing in this one to win without the spread. Okay, we're getting some nitty-gritty here. You ready? Oh, uh, well, I figure since... My match is, matchup is is next. I'll, I'll let you start, and then I'll defend myself. Sure, absolutely. It's minus one and a half. Uh, Darth Scott is minus one and a half against Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, you know, I, I, it's really hard for me to put you uh, put Darth Scott as a underdog when he's got Mahomes on his team, even against Baltimore, even on the road. But we're talking about Sunday night Mahomes, and the statistic about uh, Mahomes. In September, where he's never thrown an interception, he's never lost a game. It's kind of, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, how do you bet against that? Uh, so I, I really like Mahomes coming out and scoring his 30.15 projection. Roethlisberger against Las Vegas uh, is going to do pretty well. Uh, you know, you gave up a lot to get Mahomes. He's got to show up. One of the guys that I really like for a pickup for you this week was Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson is going to turn into the tight end there in New Orleans. I have confidence in it. You kind of stole him under my nose. Uh, the, the, the reason that I, and we'll explain this later, I, I'd have to drop somebody to go get Juwan Johnson, or he would have definitely been on my team. He's a great asset uh, for your offense. I really like that. And the fact that you've kind of, uh, secured yourself on that New Orleans offense with Deontay Harris as well. That projection is pretty high, 14.27, but he met it last week. There's no reason that he can't do it again this week. On the other side, Derek Carr against Pittsburgh. Ooh, that bugs me. That bugs me for sure. Uh, that if, if you're going against Pittsburgh, you saw what Josh Allen did last week. You saw what Derek Carr played pretty well last week against a Baltimore team that just decided to give him the win. Um, but going on the road against Pittsburgh is a different story. I just don't think that he's got uh, the goods to hit that 20.56 projection. Uh, the Teddy Bridgewater we saw last week, although he was great, we don't know if we're going to see that again. Nick Chubb against Houston, that's scary. Okay, Houston's uh, got that switch cheese defense from last year. We didn't really see it week one. They're pretty formidable against James Robinson and uh, everybody there. But I think that, uh, you know, Chubb is, is definitely somebody to watch. The one that really worries me is Saquon Barkley tonight. Okay, we got a Saquon Barkley uh, who people have talked about that he's not getting the full load. Might see some Devontae Booker uh, coming out of the backfield, defending on game flow. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, so a- as far as defense is concerned, I feel like, Yours is definitely better than his. He made a point not to uh, put too much into his his defense, 
You, on the other hand, TJ Watt, CJ Mosley, and Kirksey was a, was a good pickup. Uh, it has really solidified that defensive front uh, with the D's. Defensive backs, I feel like he's got the, the edge on you. Uh, but overall, your defense is better. I'm going to take you minus one and a half. And the main thing is Pittsburgh beats Las Vegas at home. I mean, I agree with a lot with a lot of what you said. Um, there's just certain things that concern me, obviously, going into the game. It's Pittsburgh never plays Las Vegas Raiders very well, even going back to their Oakland days. I think uh, the Raiders are five and two in their last uh, seven matchups versus Pittsburgh. So that's always a little disconcerting because it's like it, it even in seasons where I've seen the Steelers are dominant and they play the Raiders and they just fall flat on their face. So that's one thing that is very key in this game because I need Derek Carr to have a bad game. And in that I need TJ Watt to be sacking Derek Carr so that I'm really feeling those points on both ends basically, because he's stealing a lot of points from me and having Travis Kelsey to my Patrick Mahomes and also having Juju Smith-Schuster to my Ben Roethlisberger. So there's just a lot of times where I'm, every time one of my qu- quarterbacks is throwing the football, I'm going to be hoping that it's not to his guy, basically. So it, I think this is going to be won or lost a lot in the wide receiver game because it's, we saw, especially in week one, wide receivers scored some crazy amount of points. And there are a lot of really good wide receivers out there right now. So it's going to come down to whether Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, and, J- and Juju Smith-Schuster have – huge weeks or whether they don't because I have the same kind of uh, wide receiver setup on their side with Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel and Deontay Harris that they could have huge weeks and they could not. And it just depends. So it's going to be a very close game. I'm obviously going to take myself and be a little bit of a homer, but uh, last week I needed Mahomes to basically put me over the edge. I, this week I'm hoping that the rest of my team can show up and it's not just a Mahomes show. Yeah. And it, another thing is, Russell me Hayes might be coming into this week questioning his his whole quarterback situation starting uh, in his receiver spot. I, if it was me, I'm playing Tua uh, somewhere in there, whether it be for Carr or Bridgewater. He's got three pretty even quarterbacks. I mean, these are quarterbacks that are going to be right there in the middle uh, chunks of the rankings. Uh, and, and Corey Davis over Jamar Chase, I think, is a no-brainer. Corey Davis coming out with two touchdowns last week. It's definitely the best target for Zach Wilson. I would put Corey. Da- I would put Corey Davis over Juju just because Juju has too many hands around him. Jamar Chase did great last week. I would leave him in there because Chicago's defense is you have you you have to attack him through the air. And I would bench Saquon if I was him too. I'm really I'm I'm hoping he starts. We got twenty less than twenty minutes, and I'm really looking forward to wa- to watching Saquon tonight. Uh, honestly, so <laughs> well you can't you can't have somebody bench him because you want to watch him. Uh, no, well, I'm just saying I'm looking forward to him playing him. And the same, same, like you said, I would be playing Corey Davis as well. And Tua, I think Tua and Teddy are they'd probably be a they they're interchangeable this week. They're both about 12, 15 points. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll just have to see on this one. But uh but but yeah, I guess we're both taking Darth Scott. Final matchup of the day, Sex Raptor against Camacho. The spread is Camacho minus five and a half. What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, this one's tough because on paper, 
I'm taking Camacho kind of right away just because of the Rogers Prescott at uh, Rogers and Dak uh, combo. And then I like, I, I do like Chris Carson, Miles Gaskin, but it's that Jameis Winston, uh, you know, a random card, basically, basically that I don't know what, what to expect because I, I, I assume that Jameis Winston will come back down to earth and be a little more normal and not have a five touchdown game. But you never know. I just I assume that at Carolina on the road in a division game, they're going to know the Saints a little bit better and players won't be running around all, uh, you know, freely in the defensive backfield. So that right there makes me lean towards uh, towards Camacho plus Sam Darnold versus New Orleans. New Orleans defense is is much better than Jets defense. So he's going to have a little bit of a tougher day. And that's that's both of your quarterbacks playing against each other. So that's you're hugely invested in that game right there. Mm-hmm. The chance that you have is in your wide receivers. If Calvin Ridley, CeeDee Lamb, Chase Claypool have a big day, which they all have chances to do, but you need at least two or three, two out of the three of them to hit big, then you can win the game. If not, I think Camacho's gonna take this because Aaron Rodgers on Monday night is gonna go fucking nuts. As long he as is. he gets as long as he gets his hair cut and his ass in order. He can go nuts because week one, man, did that look fucking bad. And if he's not embarrassed by that, then uh, he should just quit right now, basically. Yeah. But I think he's going to come back with, with fire under his ass. And Dak Prescott's going to do the same. Uh, I think T. Higgins can have a great game. I think Cordell Patterson will also have a pretty good game. And then DJ Moore stealing points from your Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold. I already said Carson Gaskin looks great. I'm not a huge fan of Eckler. I know he, got, he did decent last week, but. I just everything's leaning to Camacho to me, uh, even with the spread. So, yeah, and we do these pickums, and in the past, it was an easy pick yourself. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Pick yourself. We got these spreads going, and there's money on the line, and there's pride on the line, and you want to pick the person that you think is going to win. Uh, there is no quarterback in the NFL that I think will come back stronger from last week than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers statistically has never had two games back, bad games back to back in a row ever. And we're talking about what, 15 years of football. Uh, This guy is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's going to up against, he's in Lambeau going up against a Detroit team who uh, just lost Alex Akuda, their top corner. And, third pick overall last year's draft. Aaron Rodgers could score 100 points. I honestly think, and and for me to come out and bet against him and watch that game, knowing that, you know, I was rooting, obviously I'm rooting for my team, but the the rooting against that and having it hurt all the way with with the pickums and the losses and everything, I don't want to do it. I, I'm going to pick Camacho, and, and the biggest thing is Aaron Rodgers. He's just going to absolutely destroy Detroit. Like I said before, I'm taking the spread, whatever it is, with Green Bay. Um, he's also got Dak Prescott, who is normally other people's number one. Um, you know, the rest of his team, Patterson and Moore and Higgins, as long as they don't put up zeros, uh, Gaskin against Buffalo, uh, Carson. Uh, against Tennessee, as long as these people don't come out and, and you know shit the bed, he should have a pretty good week 
against me. I'm talking 190 to 200 points. Um, it's hard for, for me to come out and do that on a weekly basis. My team's a little bit more balanced than his. I think it is. Uh, but I, I just don't know if I can cover that spread against Aaron Rodgers. It's just one of those bad scheduling things where Aaron Rodgers is going to come back with a vengeance against one of the worst pasties who were missing some of their big pieces. Um, so I am going to take Camacho to beat me by more than five and a half. Uh, I think that's, wow. that's the smart thing to do. Uh, and if, if I, um, if it just so happens that, that I'm wrong, then I'm happily wrong. I will say, though, that you released Robert Tunyon. And I don't know if anybody else is out there licking their chops for a tight end, but Robert Tunyon, at least this week, is somebody I would be super interested in. Uh, uh, and I, I agree. That was a hard release for me. It's just I've been in a fantasy football seasons where it's like, oh, okay, I'll wait for this team or for this player to get their shit together. And by the time they get their shit together, your fantasy football season's already circling bottom of the drain. So while, yes, I think Robert Tunney is talented, and yes, I think Aaron Rodgers will eventually pull his head out of his own ass, I can't wait around and hold my breath to, to see when it's going to happen, you know? So I took a team that's starting off hot, and I'd rather invest more into that, basically. Because right now, the way I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers is like, you got into a fight with somebody else at lunchtime, and then you go to class, and the teacher made you guys work on a project together for the science fair. And you know what? That project's going to fucking suck. That project's going to be the fucking erupting volcano of the science fair and everybody's like seriously that's what you fucking brought You're like well we shouldn't have been working together and that's aaron Rodgers and the packers right now so if they kiss and make up great but i'm not holding my dick waiting around for it so i i jump ship i'm sorry okay and i and i can understand that like i said i like Jawan johnson uh i just think that tunyon might be uh somebody going forward that it, people would be definitely interested in uh do you have a waiver wire pickup for this week coming up? Um, I mean, I, I've got a few, really. I mean, I'm trying to decide which one I want to say and which one I don't want to say because there's so many hot wide receivers out there right now. Is that just me or is it like I'm like over here salivating over whether I should take Zach Pascal or not because Zach Pascal is the number one wide receiver on his team. Now, granted, he has a tough matchup against the Rams this week going up against Jalen Ramsey, but I feel like Carson Wentz is one of those kinds of quarterbacks that he's going to sling it wherever he can just because he's so diehard and trying to prove himself that Zach Pascal might be a great pickup just on volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I it depends on what you're looking for. Okay, so I don't have many receivers. I think on my watch list, the only receiver I have is Gabriel Davis because I've had him on there all, all year. I love Gabriel Davis as a receiver. I think he should get more playing time over Emmanuel Sanders. That's not here nor there, but mine is full of tight ends. Go ahead and give me one of your receivers, and I'll give you one of my tight ends. I mean, to me, you got to go hometown with Danny Amendola. The guy oh, wow. came in off the street, scored a touchdown. I think Terod Taylor is going to remember that. He's the kind of guy that's looking for – Dependable wide receivers. Brandon Cooks showed up last week catching some fly balls on somebody's bench, but Danny Mandola's is sitting out there, and I guarantee you he, he hawks another touchdown this week versus Cleveland. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, 
I'm looking at tight ends. Uh, like I said, uh, this uh, ever since I traded away Kelsey and Irv Smith got hurt, I was kind of in this position where I have to go and, and, and scoop up tight ends or maybe even stream tight ends. Nothing wrong with Gerald Everett. Nothing wrong at all. Uh, the only thing I'm concerned about is volume. I don't want to have my, uh, my uh, tight end catching two balls a week. On top of that, uh, Will Disley came in for Seattle, uh, and they played a lot of two tight end sets. And Will Disley got a lot of looks as well, especially in the red zone. That worries me. Um, so I'm looking for volume and the volume, most volume last week, uh, were two guys, this guy, Jared cook. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Jared cook, but, uh, Justin Herbert came out and, uh, hit or tried to throw to him eight times, eight targets. Uh, Jared cook had five catches for 56 yards. Uh, we've always known Jared cook is kind of like this Eric Ebron, big body type guy that can uh, sneak out, uh, in, in a corner route. And, and get a few touchdowns, you know, in a week, it's possible. Uh, that's a decent pickup, especially against Dallas this week. And also Cole Komet, who also, um, you know, he had overtaken Jimmy Graham late last year as a starting tight end for Chicago. Uh, if, if you end up seeing Fields as the starting quarterback, this is a top 12 tight end. Um, when when that time comes. Until then, Andy Dalton's never been really a tight end type quarterback. Uh, you can try and name me a tight end from Cincinnati and all his days of Cincinnati. Even last year when he started a few games, he didn't see a lot of Dalton Schultz. If you see Justin Fields, you're going to see a big uh, Cole Komet game. So, uh, yeah, I got those guys ranked 1-2 in either order. Also, obviously, Robert Tunyon. So you'll probably see me... Uh, pick up a tight end sometime in the next few days. And if, if anybody else needs a tight end, those are your guys. All right, Scott, can we watch football now, man? Is this, Oh, that sounds good. Are you ready man. to watch some football it is Thursday? I love it. I love oh, yeah. it. Football season, baby. Hold on. Let, let me put my thumb over, uh, adding Mike Glennon real quick. Then I'll be ready. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. get that. Get that nice and hovering. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I had fun this week, Scott. Again, sorry about the, the lack of the episode that we had on Tuesday. But, guys, we I promise you I will be back Tuesday to go over, uh, you know, the the week week two and review it and get ready for week three. All right. Anything else, Scott? Ready for football, ready for some fantasy football, ready to kick some ass this week. Let's, Let's go. Get, Let's get it done, baby. All right. We will talk to you guys next week same time bye